and final edition of the Women's Hurling Podcast brought to you once again by Burke Sports, our very generous sponsors. Uh, you can visit their website, www.burksports.ie or contact Norma Clancy, norma.clancy at burksports.ie. They've been very generous to us all year. And there's only one place to start. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much. Limerick okay, the Ireland Champions, as of about 15 minutes ago, David Reedy is soaking all this in as motivation for the winter training that's to come, but it's okay, it doesn't matter. Uh, we will take the opportunity, Anthony Daly was talking about Camogie on his podcast during the week, so I'm going to take 30 seconds just to say the Limerick Herders, so fucking proudy, unbelievable. Uh, the whole county, very emotional, tough year. They've really lit it up for us. Um, that's just class. Class, so guys, top class, well done. But we get back on track and stick to what we know, and I suppose... Uh, there was only one place to start, there was only one game to weekend, and we have New Ireland champions, massive congratulations to Kilkenny, uh, who won last night in Croke Park in the most unique of all our Ireland Camogie finals. Um, and again, I suppose, like what we said to the Limerick players there, usually we start off the show saying, you know, this player played well or that player played well. But I suppose in the year that's gone, just thanks to every single county player who talked out, made the effort, managers, selectors, coaches, everyone that was involved, and gave us a season short in the winter, it was top class, Kilkenny worthy champions. Um, and I suppose we'll jump straight in. And Sarah, to be fair to you, once again, you called it. Mystic Meg. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll never put money on myself in any of these occasions, just to clarify. I have never won anything, ever. <laughs> Except the glory, Sarah. Well, I'm as useful as a chocolate teapot, okay? Imagine, <laughs> imagine winning. <laughs> anyway, look. The only reason why I thought that Kilkenny were in with a shout was because Galway were so unsettled. And I genuinely thought that they had mixed it up too much this year during the championship and they didn't know their best 15. And that proved to be true yesterday. Yeah, I suppose we, start, we, we may as well crack, in, crack into the analysis. Davey, um, I suppose we spoke a lot about matchups um, in the lead up to the final and what were the key matchups and what were the critical matchups. Uh, talk to us about the first half and how it played out and who was on who and who had a big influence. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose we kind of tried to second-guess a couple of them. But the idea behind our thinking was, was right, but probably not the player to go to go to midfield. Like Our big one was midfield. Who was going to counteract the, the Galway midfield? Because that's what we felt the strong point was. We said Davina might go out, but it was actually Grace Walsh. And by God, did she just light it up. Like She completely... Herself and Kellyanne Dyle in midfield was another late sub, sub in. Um, they just com- commanded that midfield area, commanded the transition from attack to defence and likewise defence to attack. Um, and then we had Davina in the cornerback on Orla McGrath. I think you, you, you called that one, Fiona. And again, Davina did what Davina does, is just quieted it completely. Um, Orla did get the goal, but it wasn't Davina's fault. Davina went out to, to collect the ball. And uh, Siobhan McGrath just popped in over her head. But kept the, we said the players that played well for Galway in the semi-final, Kilkenny counteracted to perfection. On the, on the opposite side, I suppose, Teeny Cormican, uh, man-marked and uh, Dalton. Again, she was picked out that she had a great semi-final. And in fairness to Teeny Cormican, she was, she was probably one of Galway's best players. She just kept her quiet. I don't think, I think out of all the, Possession that uh, Kilkenny had, I think Anne Dalton only had four or five possessions in the whole game. Um, and the other one was Shauna Healy. I just give a bit of a mention to her. She was on Denise Gall. Again, first half was outstanding. Outstanding. She just had one job and one job only was do not let Denise get the ball. Second half changed completely. I don't know. I'd love to know if it was a, a management decision that she was, or was it just the way the game panned out that. Uh, Shauna Healy just played a bit more ball. She won the ball and instead of just offloading it, she was attacking. And that let Denise Gall kind of float into positions that she know she knew that could hurt Galway. Or when Galway or when Kilkenny cup or dispossessed the ball and counterattacked, Denise was free and Denise was had a magnificent game in the second half. No, it's a very interesting point. I think sometimes when you assign a player to that role, maybe you have to go here, listen. Don't you worry one bit about hurling out today. <laughs> you know, like it's nearly, a, for, you can nearly afford to do that on one player. Obviously, you can't do that on two, three, four players. But um, yeah, in the second half, the, she kind of went, went hurling. And I suppose, look, we, we spoke about 
Um, we spoke about matchups before, and you know, maybe Ann Dalton was quiet, she got one point. Miriam Walsh is very quiet. And if you said at the start of the game that Miriam Walsh and Ann Dalton wouldn't have a huge influence for Kikini, you'd have said, geez, they have no chance of winning. You know, and it turned out to be like the young players that really, really stepped up, the likes of Katie Nolan uh, and the likes of Aoife, of, um, of Aoife Doyle, like who were both absolutely outstanding. Um, you know, that really stepped up and came of age. So I suppose, like, we're, we don't want to go down the narrative here, no, of, of saying that Galway were poor or anything like that, because with three minutes to go, the game was still a draw. So, like, in the first half, everything was going well for Galway. I thought there was a crucial moment when Ailish O'Reilly played through the and Owen Elliott blew it back for a hand pass. Fiona, you were watching it at home. What did it look like on the television? It looked like a very harsh decision from sitting up in the stand and on the big screen. Yeah, and from home as well, it looked very, very questionable. Like, um, it was a perfect, it, it was what looked like a no, it was quick. Um, definitely, definitely a very quick hand pass, but the clear movement was there. Like, Elisha Riley, she was under a bit of pressure, but she wasn't even under that much pressure at the time. It was a, to me, what seemed like a perfect hand pass. Leave Kenny had gotten the perfect position. Like, as you said, that was a crucial point. It could have been a complete turning point in the game. Now, you know, Kenny still managed to kind of stay in touch and, at that point, like because of that, but all we could have pushed on, you know, seriously from there, they would have went in, you know, at halftime in a really, really solid position. Like, and um, yeah, I, I just don't know. And as you said earlier, we were talking about that there's a, a very similar hand pass from Anna Farrell off to goal for um, coming up to when she won the penalty. Um, was it just the referee, referee's positioning? Maybe he, he was in a very I, I don't know. I like if he was in a very yeah. clear position there, he wouldn't have called it. Like because I thought it's from Telly. You said in Crow Park, from all our angles, anyway, it looked it looked a okay. Like so. No, it did, and I suppose look. For, I, one, of, one of the notes I have here is that Owen Elliott refereed the game superbly. Like just we got the physicality, we got the contact, we got everything, we got everything we wanted. But I suppose like anything, like a big player, if you're a referee in a big game, you have to get the crucial decisions right, and it just felt that he got that one wrong. I think when a referee is blown for a throw, a throw ball, he has to be 100% right. He has to know 100%. If he's 60-40, 70-30, you can't afford to call it. You have to just let the game flow. Um, and in fairness, he did let the game flow, but there was one other talking point. Well, it probably wasn't a talking point. It was after four minutes, and Neve Hennefy, in my opinion, was very lucky not to get a, a red card. She had a very high tackle... Yeah. She was holding the hurley in a ready position nearly, and she went up the, on the neck of, I think it was Michelle T on the sideline, if you can remember that. David, did we not talk about this in Airog? First five minutes of a championship match, you can do whatever you want. See, Declan, Declan Hannon today absolutely plowed. It was a Jack Fagan coming through after four minutes. He was never getting a red card for that. <laughs> There's no referee in the country going to draw the tour on themselves and sending someone off in the first five minutes. You can cut loose the first five minutes in Ireland. <laughs> Seriously. That should be part of your plan, like. You must yes, have taught Neve Hennessy that in New Wales, Ollie, did you? Oh, she needed no teaching. Brain it in a bit. Yeah, no, look, yeah, it was a high challenge, I suppose. I'd still, and I suppose we commented on it at the time watching it, but I'd still hate to see someone get sent off to think they missed another Ireland final because of that. In fairness to, to was it Michelle Tien? Just picked herself up and got on with it as well. Like, there was no rolling around or anything. Like, so, ah, more of that, really. <laughs> Not less of it. Um, second half, then. I suppose watching it there at half time, were you still confident that your that your prediction was going to come through at half time? Did you feel Kikini had were in a strong position or did you feel maybe they weren't motoring too well? Slight concern that Ipa Doyle had missed the goal chance and I mm. thought it might be crucial later on. Uh, and then I thought Galway haven't found their niche yet, they're due a purple patch. You know, are, are we going to suffer for this between 30 minutes and 40 minutes where, where they're going to come out, refocus and go at Kilkenny? So, yes, halftime, very nervous. Relieved that Kilkenny were as close. But as you said, Anne wasn't showing up as much as I wanted her to. And Miriam Walsh, actually, although you feel she didn't necessarily have a big impact on the game, I thought she kept Sarah Durvin so busy. Like, mm. there was ball came over their heads together and the two of them are so tall like Sarah had to mangle her at one stage in the second half and she won a great free off of it like Sarah I agree with that Sarah. She, 
he kept her busy and she kept her her worried you know Sarah wasn't at her ease yesterday because of Miriam so I think that's job done by Miriam time, you know time for a stat here uh Miriam Walsh had two possessions in the game doesn't matter but but you feel like <laughs> I don't think Sarah Dervin not be not driving I've forward had a huge never, impact on the game. I've never seen her run in a match that long. Do you know? I think it was. Mm. I think as Sarah said, I just think that Miriam did have an effect on the game. The possessions mm. don't show it, but I, I agree that I think that she she did a job on Dervin. Uh, we'll agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm, I'm bringing Miriam with me everywhere. Miriam can come yeah. on my bus. You can have somebody else on your bus. <laughs> but look second half just a complete sea change from um, from Galway and Davey you were, you were texting me there this morning you were having a look at the old puckouts and stuff like that just the puckouts that's just there was the reporter opposites there was a complete shift in them in the second half yeah I suppose in the first half Galway winning their fair share of their own puckouts um, I, I, I think something like nine or ten of their own puckouts they won in, in the first half but it was like a flip reversal in the second half. They just, no matter what they did, they couldn't win a puck out. They tried to bring people around the break of the ball. And it seemed like if Kilkenny had one player around it, Kilkenny were still coming out on top, getting the ball and popping it off and counter-attacking from there. Again, really impressive with the, the work rate around that break of ball. The way that the Kilkenny players had a responsibility of knowing if the ball goes in front, it's my wing forward was nearly coming back. If it's going to the side, my midfielder was there. They all had, I think they knew what they were doing better than Galway. Galway were kind of, hopefully, that we might win it. But Kilkenny were going to win it. And that was probably the difference in the puck out stats alone. And I suppose in, in the semi-final, really, as maybe something that we kind of went, I suppose they went under the radar a small bit because we focused on, on what Davina Tobin had achieved against Amy O'Connor. Um, uh, but... Uh, Anna Farrell absolutely destroyed Ashley Thompson in the semi-final and she gave a superb performance here as well and I think it really gave Grace Walsh a platform to go and do what she did which was pretty much dominate the game really and Sarah you were having a look at that for us huge area and very important area and we didn't actually realise how important it was going to be Denise Gall said in her post-match interview God I hope this game looked okay because it felt like there were a lot of rocks right and I think that was crucial for Kilkenny because in the previous games, we saw Aoife Donoghue bursting up the field at every opportunity. She was winning her up, she was coming through, and then all of the space was opening up for Galway. But because there were so many players crowding out the midfield for Kilkenny, she never got through, Neve Kilkenny never got through, and all of a sudden that distribution that had been so crucial for Galway in the previous games wasn't apparent. That's why Galway forwards were so... I suppose, starved of ball and starved of opportunity because those Kilkenny rocks really just shut down everything, didn't they? And like I suppose, timing is everything, isn't it? You know, to win a championship sometimes, you just need things to line up at the right time for you. And Kellyanne Doyle coming back to fitness in time to slot in wing back, which allowed Grace, uh, Grace Walsh to move out midfield and do that. It's just, sometimes you need that. It was great. It was, it was, it was really good. I suppose another crucial moment that the referee had a hand in um, in the second half, the penalty decision, Fiona, I suppose. First of all, what did it look like again at home? Uh, in the stadium, Kilkenny players didn't seem to be calling for a penalty. It was really hard to see. Obviously, Denise Gall went down. There was, there, did, there was two Gall players around there. On the replay, what did it look like? I would have said 100% penalty, yeah. I really I really thought there was no question about it. The thing that annoyed me about it was that O'Neill oh, just took, seemed to take a lifetime to blow the whistle. I don't know, was that delay on RTE or what was the story? But it was like, that has to be a penalty. And I was like, Jesus, he's taken, leaving things go to a whole new level if he doesn't blow this. That's how much I thought it was, definitely a penalty. She was, you know, it was a professional foul by, I think Sarah Durbin was holding her hurley. There was another, I, I don't know who it was, was Hannah or what you call her. Uh, had a penalty coming in from another angle and there was someone else from another uh, they were yeah they took her down I think penalty yeah I don't know what do you think yeah and I suppose they, that means then I suppose what we talk about the second decision that had to be made then was a three minutes to go in our Ireland final and it's a level game and scores are hard to come by do you go I think for that was where the delay was yeah I do and that, that's kind of annoying it's either a penalty or it's not a penalty do you know what I mean don't be thinking oh there's only three minutes left to go here can I give this what do they think it's a, it, it's a penalty do you know yeah 
and then the decision to go for it or not was huge as well. Um, I suppose, like, as you said there, like three minutes to go in our Ireland final, it's a draw game, scores are hard to come by. Um, do you tap it over the bar and think, do you know what, we'll hold on here for the last couple of minutes, or do you go for it? And he showed some balls to go for that. It was oh, it was, it was absolutely superb. And I suppose, look, maybe sitting up in the stand, I was kind of going, geez, do you tap it over? But look, I suppose everything that Kikini have done in the semi-final and final have just had a stamp of confidence and bravery yeah. over it. You know, even from their tactics in the semi-final against Cork to the way they just went for it in the second half against Galway. So I suppose they were always, she was always going to go for it, wasn't she? And ping is all you can say. Absolutely class. I think Brian Dowling said it in his interview afterwards. I don't know if you saw it, that he said she'd been absolutely like that pinging I mean, in training for the last two weeks. So obviously it was something they worked on. So... Like the confidence to go for it had been that just didn't come like that had been worked on and you know what what a penalty and yeah it's just so again like bringing it back to just showcasing Camogie on the biggest stage like it was just an unbelievable penalty it wasn't you know you know a weak one they didn't just tap it over the bar it wasn't messed up by the keeper it was absolutely the keeper could have done nothing about it it was unreal yeah and I think crucial a crucial insight into Gaul's role in that team this year. Um, was her reaction to scoring the penalty was just right guys everybody set up for the puck out settled down there was no histrionics there was no fist pumping or anything like that it was just bang and turn around and go you know and look I suppose we got an insight into into the Kilkenny camp during the week and Dalton used the Roy Keane uh, quote you know going yeah. pat the postman on the back for delivering the post so I suppose that, that was just their attitude wasn't it just go and do it and that's it and it obviously paid off for them and um I suppose, like, you know, you'd be getting texts off people and stuff saying, geez, God, we're poor, God, we're poor. But I, I don't like that narrative, really. Like, you know, with three minutes to go, the game was still a draw. So if you're going to say that Kikini were superb and the game was a draw, three minutes to go, you can't say God, we're poor. I think fundamentally, there was a couple of things that went wrong for Galway and, and they'll definitely look back and learn from it and, and drive on. But I think I, the, the narrative here has to be that. Yeah, I, on that point about them being poor, I just thought they were really isolated and they weren't that cohesive team that we had seen in previous games running off the shoulder, you know, be, being able to look up and actually give a heads up hurling ball. At, at all at crucial stages in the first half, Sarah Durbin was completely on her own in 20, 40 yards of space and I was going, where's, where's, where's Heather Cooney? Where's, where's Tara Kenny? Where's Emma Hellebert? Like, where's Siobhan Gardner? Like, I, I couldn't pick them out. Like in in the obviously TV piece, and you're just looking at that square, and that's all you can see. Sarah was the only player in the picture, and I yeah. was going. Her 21 at one stage as well, like yeah. uh, in that picture, and, you he was mad. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of similarities between um, between the Galway Camogie team and the Limerick Hurling team. I think sometimes in the evolution of a team, you have to learn how to handle being the favourites. I suppose Galway had the advantage last year, maybe in the underdogs and stuff like that. And look, Limerick were the same last year against Kikini in the Hurling semi-final. They just got they got sucker punched by a team who were slightly more up for it than they were, um, and just couldn't and couldn't clock back. And I think I think that, like the Galway team will learn an awful lot from last night. Um, like they're a very young age profile. They apart from one or two, I'm sure they'll find one or two coming through from minor, from intermediate, and stuff. You'll see a couple of new players next year. Um, so I think I think they'll obviously they'll be hurting today. Obviously, if it's if they're listening to this, it's Monday. I'm sure they'll be hurting today and hurting for the week. Um, but I suppose the, the new season's probably just around the corner and they'll, they'll have a right long hard look at it and, and learn from it and I think we'll talk about it later what we think is going to happen in 2021 but I have a funny feeling I just that think, we'll be back I just think on Sarah's point there that you, you, you said that you've seen Sarah Durbin free and it was very hard to pick out the other players and especially Siobhan McGrath like the last couple of games we knew that she was centre back and she was kind of nearly a rock but the, the thing about Galway playing and man-marking role on Ann Dalton was Teeny Cormack and when Ann Dalton went in centre-forward, Teeny Cormack went in centre-back. And that either pushed Siobhan wing-back or she even went out to midfield at times. And then she, she went back centre-back in the second half and it just made it a bit more solid-looking for the transition. And I just thought with Siobhan kind of being pushed and dragged everywhere, it took that kind of solidity that we were used to seeing with Galway, and especially Galway's defence, away from them. Yeah. No, definitely. Look, yeah, I think, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of big, big things come over. I think, like, I was, we were down in Kikini this morning. Uh, we, had a, we had a bit of a, a socially distanced training session in Thomastown. 
Um, I think the real narrative down there was that they, they were delighted that, I suppose, for the last number of years, it felt like there was no young players being given a chance in Kilkenny. And that the real satisfying thing last night was that it was the young players that stepped up and produced your, your Kellyanne Doyes, your Aoife Doyes, Katie Nolan. Um, so you probably have Kilkenny waking up this morning, maybe with sore heads, but full hearts, as they say, and thinking, geez, you know, there's, there's, there's a real team coming here. And you've got to be waking up thinking, do you know what, we'll learn from that. And we're taking that trophy back next year. And I think the, the wheels are probably already in motion, just given the time of the year and everything for next year already. So you'd be whetting the appetite for next year already when they collide again. Like, I suppose they played in the last two finals. It's one all. So there's a, real, uh, there's a real struggle for superiority going on here at the moment. And it's just brilliant for the game. And obviously that's not writing off court before anyone says anything. They'll be back as well. But player of the match, guys, we, we texted there in the group earlier on. We said, listen, give us your first choice and your second choice. So we'll do it diplomatically. We'll give, uh, we'll give three points for one and one point for two. And we'll see, we'll see what we come up with. Davey, we'll start with you. Who were the two standout players for you in the game last night? Yeah, both players uh, for, from Kilkenny. And I'd say Grace Walsh, um, definitely my number one, because just the work rate she got through and then the amount of ball she, she commanded. And I think she, she was the kind of catalyst to uh, the Kilkenny's attack. Um, and then my number two was, was Aoife Doyle again. Four points from play, collected a lot of ball. She she won freeze, and um, I suppose if the result came out differently, you'd be looking at her and saying that she had two goal chances that she should have. Well, she definitely should have hit on target. But again, four points from play for an All Ireland final, you can't complain with that. And she was my number two. Yeah, no, definitely. I think we we saw the first one. She kind of got her. She got her hands around, didn't she? Just by the time she shifted the ball out of her hands. She was striking under the ball instead of striking through the ball and she skied it a little bit. But um, yeah, no, definitely two solid choices there. Sarah, what do you think? I'm going with Dave on the first one. Grace Walsh was my number one. And then Denise was my number two. There was two frees there in the second half, early in the second half, absolute monster frees that she, that she landed and the penalty. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have been as assured if she wasn't actually keeping the scoreboard ticking over. So Denise is number two for me, but Grace is number one. Fiona? Uh, sure. You could pick any of the three of them. I, I'm going to say Denise anyway. I do think without the, obviously without the penalty and the assuredness under freeze, coming out with 1-6 there is some play, some play out of her. And then I probably would go with Aoife Doyle. Grace was amazing as well. Like six of one, half of a dozen of the other. Like they're unreal. Katie Nolan as well. Sorry, I'm picking like four now. <laughs> you were told this morning, Fiona, pick Sorry. two. Yeah, this is it. We haven't sprung this on you. Believe it or not, people watching this, we do yeah, script for, it a small bit. So this is, she's not thinking on the fly here at all. Once you actually had a proper plan for this one, so like, I, couldn't, I couldn't even do it. Uh, no, I, I'll say so, Denise. And I'm going to go Katie Nolan because then they all get a mention. Katie was brilliant. Absolutely. She was brilliant. There, tough out and just really, really, the hunger was unreal and very evident in her. All a, un, a unique stat is Katie Nolan actually became, I'm pretty sure, the first Kilkenny player ever to win a minor, intermediate, and senior All Ireland medal on the field of play. She was uh, centre-back for the minors in 2015, yeah, yeah. centre-back for the intermediates in 2016, and corner forward for the seniors, <laughs> which did not see coming in 2016. She was exceptional for us in 2016. She was, I think she was a soaring star that year, and unbelievable. And I'm just surprised it took her, or it took Kilkenny four years to get her onto the senior team. Even more surprised, no offence, Katie, you won't take any offence, that she rocked on the corner forward. Um, but yeah, absolutely superb. So there'd be big celebrations up in Muckley. Uh, over the weekend late on that she had the, in the last puck of the game and, and she's full stretch like yeah. like James Delaney like literally out and a reach to block it down it was incredible so yeah and our physicality her fitness and everything because she brings a huge intensity to that team I think she's a real Tommy Shefflin kind of player to be honest with you so that leaves us with Grace Walsh as our women's hurling player of the match for the All-Ireland final in 2020 uh, so if you forward us 100 euros Grace we'll send you a prize <laughs> 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 or someone wants to sponsor no trophy for Grace there with Fire Antwerp. I actually uh, have one, I just have one further point, which is a bug. I thought you were going to say you have an old spare man in a match trophy flying around there that you can have. Uh, oh, I, 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 one of, my mother's horrified by it. It's too big and there's nowhere for it to go. And she oh, just, sure, gee, oh, where'd you put the man in a match trophy? Walking wardrobe. Yeah, same problem. I'm not joking. She wouldn't even put it up anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I was going to say, and this is my bugbear, 
for exports, there's an opportunity to design a thermal long sleeve jersey for keepers that allows them to not wear the stupid jumper in goal in an All Ireland final. I cannot abide. Hold on a second here. We just like to apologise to O'Neill's. Uh, O'Neill's make the call in jerseys, not Burke Sports. <laughs> no, I said there's an opportunity for Burke Sports to make a thermal long sleeve jersey. Because I cannot abide. Hold, hold on, hold on. I just have Nikki Quaid on the phone there. Nikki, did it, were you wearing the jumper make any difference earlier on? No, it was class. We're going to dismiss that comment out of hand. It looks <laughs> desperate. Desperate altogether. It does. It looks cash. It looks cat last it. night. It looks cat today. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back on track. <laughs> Okay, so look, we usually talk about the All-Stars at this point, but we obviously have a Burke Sports uh, All-Stars team that we're going to announce uh, in the new year, the first week of January. Um, I think, I suppose, in the last couple of weeks, there's a few Kilkenny players who have definitely come into the picture, so we'll have a separate show for that in January and we'll get the, get the prizes out to the players and stuff like that. Um, I suppose very quickly, before we move on to a, a, a quick review of the year, I suppose, where does this leave... Both teams, obviously, we touched briefly on it there that, uh, that Kilkenny have a lot of youth coming through. Um, it's Brian Dowding's first year in management as well and first year with his management team around him. So um, they're obviously going to fancy their chances of, uh, of knocking off a couple over the next couple of years as well. Like we said there, Galway was probably the first year that they had to deal with, I suppose, being the champions at the targets on the back. So um, I'm sure there's learning from, from that for them as well. Um, what do you think? Both teams are probably going to be in whatever order, number one and two, for the for the championship next year when we start again. You're all just nodding your head, right? Dave, you can go first. You would imagine, so yeah, Kilkenny definitely have to be number one going into 2021 and Galway number two. All right, Davey, two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, but haven't they, haven't they proved it, especially in their last two games? They made me my words completely. Yeah. I think you, you've gotten more mentions on KCLR over the past fortnight <laughs> than you had when you played in the National League last year. <laughs> <laughs> I had four points that day as well, though. <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. Four points. Really sitting four points. <laughs> you wanna, I know you're too modest to mention that you captained Limerick in 2014 to win the Ireland. <laughs> We leave, we leave that there. Is that, or is that the trophy there in the background? Is that or what's that? <laughs> Haven't moved them back yet, no. <laughs> right, guys. So, year in review, 2020. Okay. Uh, I gave you a few titles to have a look at. I suppose for ourselves, Davey, we set up Women's Hurling from scratch uh, at the start of the year. Took a bit of a gamble on it. Um, and I suppose our goals were to give the players a higher profile. I suppose we wanted to kind of get more tactical discussion into Camogie as opposed to the kind of the lovely girls uh, previews that, that used to be out there, um, and make predictions to Norm and Camogie. And I know you used to get a few texts off the Dublin girls there, Sarah, and I hear from the Clare girls, you wrote us off. Uh, so that's great. <laughs> so you know, the fact that somebody's actually writing someone off in Camogie is exactly where we want to be, to be honest with you. Um, so look, I think we did that, Davey. So look, we'll have to have a look at what we can do for next year, see if we can improve it. Um, I think my presenting days are over. I don't think you can be on the sideline and present. So, Sarah, you might step in there. We'll see. Who knows? We might have an old reshuffle. We'll Where see are you the... going? Where are you going? Stop alluding to things and just tell the people. Well, look, I, I already have the jersey on. So, there's the clue. <laughs> Limerick hurlers. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's incredible. Uh, <laughs> right. I gave you a few headings, okay? I suppose... We'll start off, Fiona, I'll go with you. What was your game of the year? Um, I am going to say the All-Ireland Final because I just thought it was such a fantastic display. I always get a bit nervous when these big games are on, on RTE. There's so much gone into the, the production, the management, um, getting Crow Park, the biggest stadium, and you always feel like, oh, I, I think the club All-Ireland Final sometimes can be a bit of a letdown. For the last two years, these have been unbelievable battles. Own Elliott let the game flow. There were some ridiculous scores that you would have seen on the pitch today in Croke Park. You know, Aoife Doyle's first score, Siobhan McGrath's score, points, throwing them over for fun. I just thought to, our yesterday's game was absolutely just, it was a cracker. It was everything we thought it would be, not a letdown. So that's my game of the year. Very hard to argue with that. And we were just saying, Davey, like, I suppose they played the national anthem last night. The lights on in Croke Park, the bloody Sunday banners up, and there was nobody there. And it just... I don't, I'm not sure what you even said to me. It was very hard to hear. It was like, just like, that, that felt a bit different. 
it just hit a bit different last night. It was just a, it was a real, real cracking occasion. Um, I suppose, Sarah, I'll go to you. I did kill Kenny before. I just thought that both teams knew what they were about. And as a result, we got a game where it, it was in it till the... It, like, until the final whistle, we didn't know where it was going to go. And Kilkenny coming out on top was a real statement of intent. And the devastation that Cork showed, obviously, showed how much it meant to them and how much preparation they had put into it. So that's where I think kind of a key swing happened. It's like an election. You know, Kilkenny showed that they were very much on course then. Yeah, apart from the first 15 minutes. <laughs> after that, there was very much a swing state in the Mogi Championship then after that there, you're dead, right? We'll, we'll use that one. We'll use that one again. Um, Davey, what about you? How was your game of the year? Yes, yeah, similar to Sarah. Now I have Kilkenny and Cork. Um, again, that was the kind of time I realised I was completely wrong right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was just... You must be looking for a transfer down to James Stevens or something. Oh, that's good. <laughs> but uh, it's just, I suppose I was so impressed with the, the character that they, like, as you said, they were one tree down. They had four or five probably very bad wides and the character, and you can use all these cliche words um, to describe, but the belief they had in their individual players, that the management had in the individual players to go out, win their own battles, and then collectively, as a unit, come out and top in the game. And it, it, was, it was really impressive. So that game was probably game of the year for me. I'm going to go with one I thought you might go with, Sarah. But for me, I thought the, just the junior final, the Cavan Armagh, was just absolutely superb. Uh, it was the most entertained I've been at a game this year. I just thought it was absolute cracker. Um, both teams went at it. Just watching Jimmy Greville on the sideline, the Donnellys, just, I suppose, when we saw players you hadn't seen before playing to that standard. Um, I'm going to give them my vote so yeah look all great choices there uh, the feel good story of the year I may as well start with it seems to touch it I thought Cavan was a real great story this year where they come from I suppose they're, they're the template now for developing Camogie in counties where it isn't strong and they've, they've done really well and obviously to compete in two All-Ireland finals in the same year is unique it probably won't happen again now with the new uh, structures and stuff like that so for me definitely Cavan what about you Davey? Yeah, <laughs> how did you guess? No, the, the feel good story for me was uh, actually a player um, and Kellyanne Doyle. I just thought, again, coming back from a crucial injury that happened in March, I think, and to only come on in the semi final and get your 10 minutes, 15 minutes maybe, have two weeks preparation for an All Ireland final, go out and give the display that she did with the work rate, the running, the athleticism. Um, eight and a half, nine months after a crucial injury was kind of mind-blowing. Um, and the nice. dedication and the rehab that must have went into that by herself, obviously, during COVID and everything, must have been just out of this world. And a big shout-out to I think Buddy Chandler there is their physio. And I know the work he puts in with them players individually is absolutely phenomenal. And they go down to, to my buddy David Roach there in the recovery centre in Kilkenny and stuff like that. They're always in there. Nice little talkie there, Davey. Sorry out sound. And but yeah, no top class. I think what you're actually taking from that as well, Davey, is that obviously with Ethan Doyle flying and Kelly Ann Doyle back, Piltown are straight in number one favourites for the Kelly Championship next year, I think. So look, we'll see if they can handle the favourites tag there. I think I think so. <laughs> really, they'll, they'll be number one. What about you, Sarah? I went with Kevin as well. I I'm Kevin. I was in the Boris Head last night, right? There was a lad named Shane. So you were there this afternoon as well. I was. No, that was the Boris Head. No, I was in the Boris Head last night. But there was a lad named Seamus there, and he was a mad Cavan lad. And he was, he was saying, Jesus Christ, Cavan can get goals. Jesus. And what does that say about Boris in 2020, that a lad from Cavan is, is talking about Camogie and Cavan and how they can get goals. And I just love that. Saturday night chat in the Boris Head. Done. Brilliant. Ah, uh, yeah. You got to love that. That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. What about you, Fiona? Um, yeah, I think just um, improve, the improved nature of, like Sarah said, people talking about Komogi, the streaming that went on this year, like, I think it's like COVID triumphs, you know, we had two or three players back, or we had two back from cruciates, we had players who couldn't go to Australia, I think you were saying Megan Farrell couldn't come, or couldn't go to Australia, so she got to win an All-Ireland this year, and we had so much more viewership of Komogi this year, with the streaming, RTE showing semi-finals, finals, um, RTE showing... Um, the, or the, the junior final, it was 
just it was a really really good year for uh Komogi from just a viewership figures i think so thank you covid i suppose and um <laughs> well done to all the people who've got all the streaming done so professionally it was it was great definitely definitely 100 we'll, we'll start with you for this one so fiona it seems we're, we're here well, uh, best individual performance in the game well, this is going to be very random, but I think he might agree with me. Um, kind of. Ashling Maloney's 40 minutes, she got to play for two. It was absolutely sensational. We got to see 40 minutes of the girl all year. And I obviously can't wait to see her playing next year. I yeah. just thought different gravy and roll on 2021. Hope she'll come home from... Is she gone to Australia or not? I'm not sure. No, I don't think so, no. No, no. not. She's focusing on her camogie, so thank God. Great. <laughs> What about you, Sarah? Uh, Davina Tobin v. Amy O'Connor. Masterclass. Just and clinical. clinical. Yeah, just, just how good Amy was in the previous games and what she was offering and the way she was even popping up at the end of games. Davina never, ever wavered the whole game. She gave her nothing, not a sniff. Davy? Yeah, again, I, I, I kind of hate to say it, but like I, I was looking at the defensive side of the games and I had uh, Shauna Healy on court and I had Davina on Amy O'Connor. Um, Two magnificent, like we we seen that in the the quarterfinals, two magnificent magnificent performance on two highly rated uh, forwards and just sniff both them out completely. Yeah, no top class. I think our two uh, our two all star cornerbacks. I would say without jumping ahead, without spoiler alert, spoiler alert, <laughs> Um For me, it's probably a bit of a random one as well. But my favorite performance of the year was definitely Neve Tracy for Tipperary against Watford. It was just like. She was just playing the game on her own and everybody else just happened to be on the field. It was just, it was just one of those performances. Um, probably led to her own downfall, really, because it looked like Galway targeted her the next day. <laughs> but, <laughs> look, that's what happens. <laughs> Welcome to the big time. But yeah, look, class, really, really good. Oh, interesting one. Goal of the year. We'll start with you, Daddy. Goal of the year, yeah. I was trying to think back and I was trying to remember. I was going through all the goals that I can remember, but... The Waterford goal against Limerick, Neve Rocket's goal, she collected the ball in 21, took a massive hit, and while striking it then when she was just at the 14, took another hit and buried the ball at the same time. A magnificent goal, and again, it'd be her bit. Yeah, that's, that's the one I had written down as well, and I also put down in brackets beside it, Maeve Kelly Antrim, which is very similar, took the clip and bang as well. I know you love those, Fiona, taking the hit. Ah, they're, yeah. the ones, they're the ones we try love to see. Try not yeah. to continue the goal as well, but anyway. Rocket's goal in class because she got hit and I'm pretty sure got hit as you say when just when she was striking his ass I was deadly. What about you, Fiona? Goal of the year. I knew JV was going to pick that one because he's like <laughs> a Neve Rocket super fan. So I went for um, Aoife Doyle's lob goal. Um, oh yeah, it's it, I think it was the first time I realised that she was big news. I'd never really heard of her and she was class that day and that lob goal like was unbelievable. Um, so I, I went to that one, yeah. Very good. Sarah? Neve Rocket's late, late goal against Westmead where she caught the ball out of the sky with somebody hanging off her shoulder and over her arm and managed to send a rock to the net. It was better than the one that she picked. It was better. <laughs> I, love, I love lads catching ball out of the sky. So that anyway, just, well, you don't even need to comment, Davey. We'll just splice in your, no, you're wrong, Sarah. <laughs> uh, we, how about we have a vote and if you do it like set up a clip my clip and your clip and then we get the people to vote which goes Sarah, do you think we can afford to buy real clips and matches off of anybody maybe phrase it Dave O'Shea in Trey if you have the clips of the matches you're willing to share them with us we will certainly have a vote on goal of the season <laughs> absolutely no problem whatsoever um Right. One little negative one, I suppose. Low point of the year. I'm going to start. I, I just think awfully not feeling in the championship, even given the year that was in it with COVID and everything. I just thought I was poor, to be honest. Just the way they went about it, the short notice and everything. I just think, oh, we should, we've surely moved on from that. You know, we've surely moved on from that in, in, in Camogie. Obviously, I suppose at a local level, it was very disappointing what went on in Limerick, but... That has been balanced out by the, I suppose, the ray of hope we have now with the new board and the new plans and the new communication and grace on the radio and everything like that as well. So, um, yeah, they were probably the two, the two low points for me. But there wasn't too many, which I suppose is good. Uh, what about you, Davy? Yeah, again, I'm, I'm jumping on that one as well. I, I think the Offaly Camogie 
as a whole in this whole year. Um, the fact that they pulled out with COVID, again, the circumstances around it, as you, as you mentioned, but then also the, the kind of demolished, demolishing that they got against uh, Galway, they, they, and they only managed to get three points on the scoreboard. Again, very disappointing um, as a whole, and probably need to have a, a, a serious look at themselves on how to go forward from here. Fiona? Um, I'm going to go with the Limerick situation as well, um, and I'm going to pick it like it, it, it was a low point, but as you said, there there is a ray of light coming from it. Like, and also, and uh, just to commend the girls who did John the Green and White this year, you know they put in some unbelievable performances. Um, you know it was so disappointing to lose to Westmead, but like, you know they put in some really good performances. You know, two good, solid performances after that. You know, it was tough going to come out there every week, so. It was a low point, but um, you know there were some positives to it. So roll on twenty twenty one. Somewhere on my Adele playlist, I think she says it's it's always darkest before the dawn. I think. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's beautiful, Sunny. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, what about you? Um. Where do I start? <laughs> uh, uh, I got I got dragged into a couple of debates, and I I think the toughest one for me was the dual player accommodation or the facilitation of the dual player and how both associations allowed it to drag on for 10 months. And then we had a situation where neither of the Ladies Football Association or the Camogie Association were available for comment. And you had a Dublin Camogie player and Kula as a club having to put themselves on the line to RTE to actually give some comment because nobody was willing to speak about something that was such a big deal. So communication is key, guys. Communication is key, and you know? obviously, look, it's not our, I suppose it's not our baby, but obviously what happened to the Galway ladies footballers last week wasn't ideal as well, and the whole dual player and women's sport and all that, it's still, we still have a bit to go, don't we, before, before we have it at a level that's acceptable for what, I suppose, that matches what the players are putting in on the other side of it, I suppose. Um, but crucially, if you're, in, if you're in Croke Park and you're working, answer the phone, lads, you know? Yeah. People are looking for you, answer the phone. Easier said than done. <laughs> There's anyone from my work here, I always answer the phone. <laughs> always. One other point there, Sully, um, just an important one. It was actually Florence in the machine. He said it's always darkest before the dawn. You Google that there, Fiona, because you were nodding along in agreement there a minute ago. <laughs> I'm 100% sure I'm wrong there. Uh, a small bit of a private in joke, but Mick Wall, we're laughing at here with those stats. But anyways, Davy, Davy like that one. Um, okay, we go. I asked you for your <laughs> your room. Nick Wall rang us last night on the way home from Crow Park. He had a stat that the, the last seven or eight Ireland winners in a row have all won playing into Hill 16 in the second half. And he literally went through them and he went 2030, 2040, 2050. Wow, this is fast. What a stat this is. What a stat this is. And he went 2018. Like, no, Ailish O'Reilly got two goals into the hill 16 in the first half, Nick. And he was about 40 minutes into the stat. But it was class, though. It was still good. We probably should have used it. We might edit that out and just leave in the stat. It's good. <laughs> um, okay, so what was your personal highlight of the year, Fiona, for you? Um, from a personal level, I think just getting down to see the double header in Parky Cueve that day was unreal. Like, Parky Cueve, you know, probably second best stadium in the country to be hosting you know, any match and to get Camogie in there. It was so well run. It was so safe down there. And, you know, the Camogie Association did very, very well to ensure that the teams got that, not only once but twice this year. So I think that was, it was such an enjoyable day. Just so nice to see a live match. So that was, yeah, that was, that was a good day. Great, yeah, it was class. It was some spot, some spot for a game. What about you, Sarah? Co-com with Marty Morrissey. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My trap. <laughs> Thanks very much for watching, everyone. We're done. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, Asher, look, how'd you top that? Class. Class. Davey, what about you? Seems you're new to Camogie this year. My highlight was how wrong I was with Kilkenny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my just their, god, just their, yeah, just their performances from when I when I wrote them off. I think I like I think they had a picture of me post on in the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of our highlights. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think for me, funnily enough, it was the club championship actually. 
Um, just because I suppose we've been so vocal before it about how county should definitely go first and you know that they were missing an opportunity of not putting it out there in the window when the inter-county hurling wasn't on. But then being involved with a club team and seeing the way communities came together, people who weren't away on J1s, middle of the summer, sun shining, no county players being dragged left and right. And I just I thoroughly enjoyed it. Never enjoyed something as much. I just thought it was class. Absolutely class. So look, we're often critical of the association, but I think letting the club championship this year of all years go ahead during the summer in the good weather was just bang. I really thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. That and nailing Tommy Shefflin seven minutes into injury time in the semi-final of the Ashburn. That's bringing down a peg or two, like. So <laughs> Ireland and the Camogie are Ireland this year, Tommy. I know you listen. We can't let you have everything. Can't let you have everything. Um, right, last one. I've asked you to pick your Camogie personality of the year. And I suppose we're, gone, we're kind of going down the BBC route there. So, no, it could be a player, manager, referee. It's unlikely. But anyone you want, for you... When you think back to 2020 in Camogie, who has it been about? We'll start with you, Davey. And you can't say yourself and continue. Come on. <laughs> Move on now. Move on. I, I was actually having a long, hard think about this. and I don't believe that for one second. <laughs> <laughs> we, and you mightn't agree with me, but like, you might think this is completely off the walls. But Paddy Murray. Cork Fender. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it's so, obviously his first year in Camogie. <laughs> I hope you're not working tomorrow, because you're going to be fair busy on the editing machine tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but on a serious note, whatever happened in the game, he had a different opinion to what the majority of us had. <laughs> was it whether I, <laughs> he was definitely wrong? Like, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that was—I I just had to laugh and had, I had a good smile every time he came into the media. That because his opinion was just completely different. <laughs> Yeah, there's a bit of an experience about it, isn't it? Like, it was like, just defended the players at all costs and kind of, fuck everyone else. Like, you know, we're, we're Cork and, you know, whatever else anyone thinks doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, look, I can kind of see where you're going with it. Lots of personality, lots of personality. <laughs> no, Sarah. Was it, Marie, was it Marie Crow who interviewed him before the... Um, oh, yeah. Final? Will we see Gemma? We might. We might. She will. start. She she will. Yeah, no, in fairness, like, I love Paddy. Like, he's some record. He's some man. He just does not care what anyone thinks. It's just, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, Sarah, we go to you. So, start of the pandemic, we had a nurse um, in the front line chatting about, you know, being involved in the front line, trying to get back for training. She then had a close contact with COVID and was back in the headlines in October. She managed to escape COVID, still got to train. She then came back from uh, her two weeks isolation and found out she wasn't being paid by the government. So she sent out a tweet and rallied the troops and she had over one and a half thousand uh, likes of her tweet calling out the government for not being paid during COVID. And then she ends up giving her man of the match display or woman of the match display last night from the women's hurling point of view, uh, Grace Walsh. Yeah, all through, all through the pandemic, she has been front and centre as a nurse and then stepped up again last night. Beautifully described. Or as, or as Marty Morrissey calls her, Shane Walsh's sister. <laughs> I wouldn't Jesus. let him away with that. I wouldn't let him away with that. No. Scandalous. Scandalous. But yeah, that's absolutely superb. Top class. That's real leadership in the community on the field, everything. Unbelievable. Top class. Top class. Uh, Fiona, what about you? Oh, like, how do you even top that? Well done, Sarah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say I'm Dalton. Up. I should have I built it up a bit more like Sarah did there, but I'm just going to say I'm Dalton. Uh, I thought she was just like, she came back after so many years of heartbreak there. She is such a stalwart, Kenny Kamogi. She easily could have just said, you know, she's twins and, and a three-year-old at home. She could have said, COVID, everything this year, I'm just going to leave it like, but... She came back for more. She wanted that All-Ireland and like, what is it, six All-Stars later, you know, she got it. And I'm just, I'm delighted for her. And I just think like, I do think that without her this year, I'm not sure they would be where they are. I don't think they'd be All-Ireland champions today. She had some phenomenal performances during the year. She was quiet yesterday, but, um, you know, her being quiet allowed the younger players to step up. So unbelievable. Hats off to and. Top class. 
And look, for me, I think, obviously, look, Kenny had been written off an awful lot. So I was spending a lot of time down there during the summer. I don't think anyone around the county was giving him too much of a chance, even probably right up to the throwing, maybe even half time yesterday. Um, but there's, there's, been, there's a complete change in the way that the Kenny team play. And like, obviously, Brian took over as manager for Man and has done an incredible job. But for me, that Kenny team yesterday had just had Tommy Shefflin written all over him. They were dogged, they were hungry. Uh, they were fit, they played to a superb game plan. And look, any man who manages to win a club or Ireland and the se- a club or Ireland with Bally Hale and the senior club Camogie Co- Championship with Kinney in the one year, I would say, look, for me, I think, Tommy, fair play to you. We've, uh, we've had plenty of uh, interesting words on sidelines over the years, but hats off, 2020 is definitely all about you. And uh, for me, Definitely Tommy uh, Camogie, personality of the year from, from my point of view anyway. So well done uh, to them and all, to Tommy and all their management. Right, last one. And I'm going to go just single word answers here. No explaining anything, no messing, right? 2021 or Ireland Senior Camogie Champions, Davey. Kenny. Sarah. Galway. Fiona. <laughs> Kilkenny. I'm going to go with Galway. Okay, with two and two. Two and two. Interesting. For the record, Sarah, I know you'd ask me about the envelope. It was Galway. I had backed all along, to be honest with you. From a long way out, but it just wasn't to be. It still looked, it still looked okay at halftime, but we just didn't quite get over the line in the end. So that's it. But guys, listen, thanks very much. And I suppose thanks to you, Sarah and Fiona, for doing this for us, because uh, despite what people think, we haven't paid for your new house here with this uh, women's hurling work. And we haven't even managed to put a shelf in Sarah's house to put her Man of the Match Awards up on. So, <laughs> so you, can guess, uh, you can guess what the lads were being paid to do this. <laughs> uh, I can't, afford, year, to, but, I can't uh, afford to turn on my Christmas lights. <laughs> <laughs> can't even afford to turn on it looks like a miserable treat. Bit of a GoFundMe for Davey. Yeah, so Norma, if you're listening to this in Burke Sports, uh, we'll be back to there next week to renegotiate the sponsorship deal from there. Sarah Donovan needs a shelf and Davey needs to be able to turn on his Christmas lights. Do you want to use it? You've your lights on, you've your house built. But no, listen, guys, thanks very much because, look, you do it purely for the love of it and it's great and it's just, it's made the whole thing, so fair play. And that's it for the year. We'll be back in January with the All-Star Show, um, which I'm sure will be very controversial. Um, but it's been a great year. Congratulations again to Bikini, the champions, Down Intermediate champions, Armagh, the junior champions, and Kevin and Nancy Murray. Savage year. If you're watching on YouTube, hit like and subscribe. And we'll see you again. Thanks very much. On Limerick. Woo!